pleased to be joined by Rohan Bupana. Rohan, thank you so much for joining us on ATP Tennis Radio. Uh, thank you, Jill. And uh, it's uh, really nice, you know, doing this for the first time. I think I'm chatting to ATP Radio. So really happy, you know, chatting here with you. Great. Well, I know we spoke yesterday a little bit to set up this interview and you have so much happening, so much to talk to you about. I'm going to start, of course, with your tennis and your longevity. I mean, and how you've been able to sustain for so many years. What do you feel like is the key factor for you? Uh, First of all, thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, sometimes when I look back, uh, you know, I did it surprises me as well. I mean, you know, the fact that uh, I'm able to maintain and and still enjoy competing. I think that is what really helps me, you know, keep pushing myself, uh, you know, to play the best, uh, amongst the best of, uh, you know, players across the world. But, uh, you know, having said that, uh, I a few years ago, I think what I really learned was to focus on, even though I'm playing, of course, only doubles, uh, you know, for many years now, was to focus on what I'm doing on the court better, not to in terms of really worry about too many other things uh, yeah. you know I've had a uh, great coach with me who's been helping me for many years Scott Davidoff and he I think really has with his experience helped me in you know many ways in terms of obviously being with the top players before and now understanding me uh, me as a player what I can do good you know and what I can really bring into a partnership so you know whether it is with different partners or not he said the biggest thing is to focus on your game and I think uh, you know that really something which helped me a lot in terms of uh, you know otherwise you're constantly trying to figure out what could have been done better or what you know as a team you all could do better of course that those are things which are very important but the first thing is you need to do what you do best on your side of the net and your uh, you know area of the court and I think that helped me uh, you know, playing with different partners and, uh, you know, just playing my best tennis at big events. And at big events, I feel that's where I belong, that's where I need to uh, really compete and put my best out there. So a few interesting things you said there. One, you said being around the top players a little bit more, but you're former number three in the world, a top player yourself. Yeah. like. Who like I guess were there certain influences, certain top players that made a really big impact on you? No, of course. I mean the uh, Brian brothers, who you know are so much of an inspiration to all of us. I mean you know just watching them not only on court but off court also the way they conducted themselves, the way they prepared for every match. I think that you know sometimes you know it, but when you actually see it. And it makes a difference. I mean, I've played them numerous times, uh, uh, you know. Uh, but still, you every match I felt, you know, I learned something from them. I played with uh, Mahesh Bhupati quite a bit and uh, uh, Daniel Nesta also quite a bit. I mean, these guys, uh, I think, showed me something different on the court in terms of, you know, bringing your best at big, big moments, big events. And I think that is that was something which was key in, uh, you know, doing well at, at these events and sustaining the ranking and maintaining it for such a long time. So is that something you feel like during a calendar year when you say the big events, is that something you feel like you would you know, do certain trains to peak for those big events or what exactly did the, like for example Brian Brothers, you mentioned Mahesh and Dan Nestor, what did particularly they do to prepare for those bigger events? Absolutely, I mean that is I think uh, the older you get you can't really say okay I'm going to push 
everything at every moment. Yes, of course, you're, when you're playing a tournament, you definitely you are there to win the tournament. But having said that, certain events, maybe like before a Master Series or before a Grand Slam, uh, the events leading up to it is where you really prepare and work on something. And when you get to those events, it's not something you try and experiment. You experiment whatever you're trying with a new partner or yourself in the tournaments leading up to it. And I think uh, sometimes what happens just because earliest stages in my career, I feel that uh, when I was playing the Master Series or the Grand Slams, I would try to do something different just because I'm playing a better team. But I realized over the years, the simpler you kept it, it worked out, you know, you know, better. But I mean, this came from you know playing with some guys who were more experienced, and uh, you know, one of the guys actually, Mahesh, when I played with him uh, on the circuit, what helped was just keeping the conversation real, not really, and just saying it as it is. I mean, sometimes he would say, you know, you're not hitting yourself. You gotta, you know, you. I think you can do better. Not really worrying about. You know how the other person is feeling. I think when you can adapt those situations, and I think it's important to get along with that person outside the court as well. Which is, I mean, I know there have been partnerships which have done well without um, you know communicating off the court. But still, I think over the years, uh, you know, if you look at the best partnerships and uh, you know, which is the Bryans, uh, you know, you know they have shown that close moments. Having that camaraderie, having that communication, gets you through those matches, gets you through those super tie breaks, you know, those fifth sets, and you know, I think these are extremely important. So it's being having that open and honest conversation on yeah, the court absolutely. and off the court, obviously, yeah. yeah. And a couple, something else interesting that that you just said, as far as you know, there's more focus has been on you, and I think you referred to that when you said instead of worrying about how what the other opponent is doing. Were there any certain strategies that you used over time that you were able to get more of that focus on yourself that worked? I think adapting it to whoever your partner was, I think helped me a lot. Not really having fixed kind of set plays with everybody. You know, I always communicated finding out what that partner liked to do or what he preferred. Maybe it was a eye formation, whether he played normal whether he liked to for me to serve and maybe stay back sometimes with that uh, especially on the clay i think that when i started growing older kind of really helped because you know you are a step slower everything so you adapt to your game try and find what is better for you and i think those things actually helped me you know do a lot better with uh, different partners and uh, you know adapt quickly i would say and you've had you've had a lot of different partners. We were just talking about. I mean, you're a very easy guy to get along with. Very Ho- calm and, and composed. <laughs> yeah. So to be able to have that type of open personality, does that did that help you like adapt? Because you've had so many different partners, different personalities that you've worked with, that you've partnered with. Yeah, I think the biggest key there was to just like you know focus on yourself, and you know that I think gave me a lot more of positive response from a partner you know and talking to him about what maybe could have been, yes bring in your experience to you know to help at the situation what you know can be done or what should be done at that point of time but at the simultaneously help him play his game and not change his game just because you want that person to play in a particular way which i think uh, that really you know makes a big difference you know because uh, a lot of the 
guys when sometimes I you know have had conversations over there very fixed in their mindsets well I feel in doubles you can't have that fixed mentality you need to adapt you need to be open to a lot of new changes uh, you know and uh, you know sometimes it may be in terms of you know serving with the sun you know there are a lot of at the end of the day you're a professional athlete you need to adapt you need to find a way to do that yes maybe that's not your preference but that's still i mean these are you know small little things which do make a difference at the end of the day where you can you know just not worry about you know the sun and just find a way where you can adapt to hit your serve or adjust your toss in order to you know be in that scenario because you never know i mean uh, you know where it where it could make a big difference and i know you said scott helped you a lot with this your coach what, was this when does this discovery sort of happen was it when you partnered with scott or did you discover this earlier I think both in a way I think I discovered it and I spoke to him about it and um, you know he was very positive with it and I think uh, what really helped me also is the fact of having somebody for many years the same coach I think you know you because at the end, at the end of the day you need to again the same way have good communication somebody who you can trust and they understand your game you know completely and you know Scott is somebody who you know he's been on the tour for such a long time i mean in a lot of the uh, players have known him also for uh, you know he doesn't say much when he's you know when we are playing a match as such he's very quiet he doesn't cheer loud but you know off court in practices he's got tremendous experience and inputs which he brings in you know in particular drills what can be worked on and you know and he says it as it is i mean sometimes he'll just say yeah i mean you know at 8 7 you did not hit that second serve enough i mean you were you know tentative and you know hence everything makes such a big difference i mean you know so those are i think things which helped me into to have a real conversation and not worry about somebody saying okay if i say this does he get upset does he and then there have been conflicts of course but i think that grows in a you know much better way as for a coach and a player relationship you you actually made me think of something else when you're saying how calm he is and quiet on the side how important it is for you as a player like what do you like to see when you look over at your coach do you like to see emotion or more calm what what do you prefer i think i just prefer a uh, you know a positive mm-hmm. attitude there i mean you know because when you're watching there there's nothing really much you can do so you know at that point of time you're already going through a lot of emotions of course the you know the coach also but i think he you know keeps a straight face you don't really know what to really you know uh, expect from it and then you know after the match you get all the feedback on what could have been done better or you know it's very hard i mean you know for him uh, he sees it there on court but it's tough for him to really say much uh, you know but having said that on the other hand i feel after matches what something really helped was uh, having my wife around because she's being she's a psychologist okay so i feel indirectly somewhere when i had conversations with her it really helped me understand on how i could maybe approach a partner or speak to a partner because just the fact that when she used to watch matches she kind of could have understood or when he when she had conversations with that person also understood on what how i could approach something in a lot positive way and what um 
what way it will actually help that partner understand what Can I'm trying to say. Can you give some specific examples or... Like, uh, I mean, I think that's amazing that you have access to yeah, I think <laughs> that your I, wife is a, sport, is yeah, a psychologist. Indi- indirectly, I, you know, I think that aspect really made a big difference. I think, you know, uh, you know, so many times it was not about, you know, when you're playing matches or you're on the tour, uh, it's not about what you're doing on the tennis court, just your coaching. It's off all that what is, what is going on. And that, there she brought in a lot of, fantastic you know perspective in in terms of uh say for example if there was a partner there i she he would i mean she would tell me talk to him in a way that he can go and say okay your serve is your weapon you know you play better when you're more with aggression or something okay so, you know, speak to him saying that, okay, don't say that you should have done this or you should not have done this. Got it. Speak to him saying that, you know, the way you do it or the way you, uh, you know, bring out emotion on court really helps, uh, you know, me better. So it's kind of the word choicing of how you say it. Also, yeah, because yeah, okay. at the end of the day, players are very sensitive at the end of the day mm. on what you end up saying it. Mm. So I think this way it kind of really, you know, helped me in terms of communicating. At the end of the day, it's... It is communication. Does she travel with you? She was traveling a lot with, uh, you know, with me on the first, I mean, first three years of our marriage, she actually sacrificed her work a lot and try, you know, to build our relationship, our marriage. I mean, she traveled nonstop, you know, because I think a foundation was required to build and unfortunately, tennis, you can't work from home. Right. So, you know, (laughs) so, yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, all credit to her that, she could do that and she got an understanding of how the tour worked as well and of course over the years then she decided to come to a few tournaments which obviously the city she liked as well (laughs) you know that uh, you know like everybody else yeah absolutely (laughs) and then she was working she started her own practice uh, you know after she did her masters and uh, uh, she's uh, so I think that in a way also helped us in our relationship also having a little bit of uh, distance but also traveling understanding what is happening today we have a two-year-old daughter so that much harder for us you know for her to travel thank you so much yeah so uh, you know so it has been definitely I think a combination of uh, you know having her by my side and uh, you know really understanding the different perspectives you know of a player of an athlete uh, you know, she definitely says, I mean, you know, all when she looks at tennis players, she says, it, of course, it's a lonely tour, but she says it's hard. It's hard because, you know, there's no really kind of real communication happening with, with, with players. Amongst when they are, the players. Uh, amongst the players uh-huh. or amongst, you know, the group because it's constantly, you know, you have friends, you're, you know, they're coming for a week, they're not there for a week, but to have somebody constant is what really makes a difference to have somebody there because they need to understand you because at the end of the day you know especially at grand slams you have a lot of family friends all coming because of the occasion and you know such a big event and at that point of time you kind of shy away she says from having a real conversation Mm. you know because there are so many people around right you know it it gets gets lost and that is when you need a good support system a good system you know 
I mean, what I've noticed in the last few years, too, is that the teams are getting a lot bigger around each individual player. Do you feel like that closes communication a little bit more? Do you feel, do you feel like that's changed the, the tour a bit? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think the uh, if you can have, I think, a smaller group and a group who which can really understand you and, you know, you really build a relationship among that. You know, because everybody has different perspectives. They Everybody's goals are different you know you need to understand okay the player has a goal how can we channelize that to build on that and really you know help him I mean, when you have too many bigger teams of right. course you know at the end of the day sometimes egos come into play as well which is you know part of our uh, our life actually at the end of the day you know it it, it does clash you mm-hmm. know so and then and, and that's not something to you know to to uh, you know have it's not healthy, I feel. Yeah. You know, when you're already working day in, day out, traveling, off, uh, living out of a suitcase, you know, constantly on the road, it's, I, I, you know, the simpler it is, the better it is, I feel. And I, Rohan, what else impresses me so much about you is not only how successful you've been and still are, but all your outside tennis business stuff you have happening. I mean, I, I've listed them. It's quite a long list. You have some academies. You have a coffee plantation. You've started incorporating yoga into your routine. And there were a couple other ventures that you were going to reveal to us. Just, I mean, how do you, are you able to manage all this? First of all, thank you, Jill. I mean, uh, actually, you know, being on the tour kind of helped understanding that when I see sometimes a lot of players, uh, when they finish their career, then they go and figure out what sh- can be done and then I told myself some time ago I said you know I don't want to be in that situation so let's get a team back in India who uh, not only who's helping uh, manage me uh, my uh, you know basic things but also a team which I can help tennis in because I really feel tennis in India just needs a good structure we have tremendous tremendous talent Mm -hmm. but we just have zero structure I mean as far as like access to courts and or no, as just far as uh, what in terms of giving a direction of, of of a kid on what he can okay. you know how we can go about because at the end of the day we are not focusing on that I mean today at 41 years old I'm proud of course to be in the top 100 is ranked uh, uh, you know top 50 in the rank but at the same time I'm embarrassed to say that I'm the only Indian male tennis player in the top 100 in singles or doubles which I think it should there's not so, be the case yeah there's so much talent out there yeah I mean it should not be the case I mean you know that means we are going backwards because we had great juniors we've had junior Grand Slam champions you know we should have been building on that so I think something has to change something needs to uh, you know make a difference have the players believe they can you know get to a better stage and play at a high level and I feel that is where my experience in sharing on how the journey can be or how difficult it can be and what all is required is where I decided to start the academy and uh, you know because you have two right one in Bangalore yes and one in uh, Coimbatore Coimbatore I didn't want to pronounce it so the Bangalore is the flagship one where it's uh, boarding lodging education and tennis so you can start your education from standard one all the way to post-graduation. Cool. Yeah. It's a first of its kind in uh, school in India. That's awesome. It's called the sports school. It has different sports. I mean, it's of course 
a small version of the all the schools and colleges which are here in the US with the facility in terms of that we have seven tennis court at the moment but a lot of kids can stay there there is a nutritionist who's taking care of all the food there we have uh, you know I made sure that we have uh, strength and condition coaches who are just focusing on their fitness which is what happens a lot of places is that the coach is taking the fitness as well plus the tennis and you know so there's no so getting a specific coach for each yeah, category and I really feel that is, then maybe give a chance to a kid to you know grow and try and do well so so what are you specifically teaching them about nutrition in particular and sports and because um, to fitness to to really be disciplined on because that is very important as well in terms of uh, you know because in terms of what you eat uh, getting your sleep in correctly getting the number of hours you know to so that you can recover and you know get to uh, practice next day and even uh, before your tennis having doing the mobility the stretches you know so all these things I feel at a young age if you can structure in I said and when you go to a bigger event and you suddenly see other players doing it other it doesn't become like oh sh- should I try this just because someone else is doing it it should be already inbuilt and you know, doing, yeah so I feel that is where you know uh, I thought okay let's start something and yeah uh, and the second one in Coimbatore is a uh, like a feeder center it's mainly for uh, under 14 and below okay. where we're trying to really give them a chance and if if they are in a better level of tennis they will move to Bangalore how far are they from each other I mean they're uh, I mean two different it's about an hour flight okay. from uh, okay. each other but okay. we're, we're trying to open a few more feeder centers like that across India so to give at least the initial stages for uh, you know all these students and not only that I mean um, we are also training the coaches, which I feel is the ex- most important, because the coaches need to learn of what is happening across the world as well. You need to grow simultaneously with the player, and that is something we are doing every three months. We are trying to have classes for the coaches. We are, you know, so and then now I'm slowly trying to see how the coaches can. So we've given them a structure where we can give them a few students to monitor and just manage them. So that is what's happening. Every coach was looking at the entire academy. And one day he's coaching a pro, one day he's coaching intermediate level, one day he's there. So we said, okay, you know what, this, this is a structure. These are your kids. You focus on their results. If anything, what is not happening, we are going to come back to you to... You but know, when you say classes, are they like specific classes about how to deal with the player on court, how to deal with the player mentally? How, are there spe- are, yes, uh, yeah, everything. Some uh, examples of some classes, maybe. Uh, so, I mean, in terms of, we we have psychology also for the young okay. kids also already who not only have group therapy but also they can take individually if they want to. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have uh, you know given that uh, you know really that option. Apart from that, uh, apart from tennis, you know, coaching and the other thing is that we've uh, using the red, orange, and green dot ball, which is not used yeah. a lot in most of the academies in India because it's at the end of the day it's another expense Mm, okay so you know so I feel that is where the biggest structure is what you know we need to teach you know the fundamentals of them understanding and uh, you know then and uh, we start as early as seven in the morning because they all most of them are staying with us right there or they can either come in stay somewhere else and they can come in and then they go to class around uh, 9.30 and they 
finish class around 3 p.m. and they come back for tennis. So, you know, they, we're trying to... Because in India, the other thing is a lot of parents ask, okay, yes, he's playing tennis, but what about the education? Mm -hmm. You know, they it's still, I think, a long way to go in terms of to understand, yes, tennis can be a career itself and... You know, they they so you always have, you think, have education classes as yes, well. Yeah, yeah, we have regular I think school. That's amazing. Regular school. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, we're keeping it actually uh, also very very reasonable in terms of affordable for yeah. you know a kid. And uh, I've been giving at the academy. We almost have about twelve scholarships, and I told them I don't know as far as as far as my knowledge goes. I don't think there are many centers who give 100% tennis and education scholarships. Either and you too. The, yes, yeah. these are the kids who yeah, are getting both. So either because I tell them they get a 100% tennis scholarship or a 100% education scholarship. I don't think they get both 100%. Yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe some places yeah. do, but you know. I mean, that's such an awesome... I mean, yeah, so, lucky to have you to be able to start this for them. That's yeah, amazing. No, because I think otherwise, I feel there's no point in starting something. If you're not really giving back to, you know, mm, helping, yeah. uh, you know, things. And coming after that, I mean, to yoga, which is uh, something... I know that's something you've incorporated yes, that's helped I, you a lot. Actually, uh, it only started because uh, my knees were extremely bad. And I don't have cartilages on both my knees. Both I did my read knees that, I know. It's completely worn doing? out. <laughs> yeah, actually great, uh, yeah. to be honest, now. Because during the pandemic, um, one of my cousins, she's a yoga teacher. And I was talking to her about it. And she said... You should try this Iyengar yoga, which is specifically for what you need uh, for your body. Uh, How is it different than, so it's, than other yoga? Uh, because it's got, they use a lot of props, ropes, blocks. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a very active kind of yoga. So uh, when I was talking to him, he said that was the first two forms of yogas, which is Iyengar and Astanga yogas are the first two yogas ever started. And from there, everything else came Okay. came about so it's a very I, so luckily next to my house during the pandemic there was this husband and wife who had the uh, center there and uh, you know uh, called the practice room and I actually spoke to them and they were happy to you know uh, give me a few classes and understand where I am with my body and what I was feeling and back in end of 2019 I think every match I used to take about a couple of painkillers to, you know just to play oh a match gosh. because and the if the weather was cold the knees would be really oh. really bad I mean some days waking up was and I was telling myself I mean what am I doing I mean should I be just pushing myself it's pretty bad and uh, you know in terms of were that, there I, moments that you thought that you might not be able to play again no, in those moments not, uh, not, I, not but I was telling myself do I really need to play with okay. all this so much of pain constantly you know so so when I started this yoga, actually, uh, during the pandemic, and I was doing it f four times a week for about 90 minutes a class. Uh, and when I I did it for a few months, and then I came back to on playing, suddenly I realized I was not feeling a, any pain on my knees at all. That's amazing. Because what they realized is the fact that my hamstrings, glutes, everything, my back, everything had lost so much of muscle, so there was a lot of load going onto the knees. So they found a way to not, uh, you know, load the knee, but in a, another way using all their props and ropes to 
develop strength in all the other parts of the body. So even with all the other fitness you were doing uh, yeah, for tennis, no, I was this not was even doing specific. anything. This yeah. became a lot more specific, especially now at 41. I feel this really helped me a lot. Even now, I'm doing it every day when I'm in the room. Uh, sometimes when I go every to the every day, yeah, but not for 90 minutes a day. No, 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 no. Just, just about 30 minutes to maintain. Yeah, just to maintain. When I go to the room, I take a picture of uh, the room, the chairs, and everything what's in there, and I send it to them, and they give me exercise particular of what can be done in terms of relaxation and helping. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, it's been really yeah. fantastic. I mean, you know, um, uh, I wish. Obviously, I tried this, you know, years ago, but, you know, still I'm really happy that I did. And I think it's really helped calm the mind also, in a way. There are so many times after the match, they give me a few uh, different kind of uh, asanas to really help calm the, calm the mind. And, you know, I think uh, my physio and the coach definitely I mean, saw how, a difference. How exactly did, did you feel like it, it calmed the mind? Certain certain um yeah because sometimes you're so anxious everything is happening so and just it just okay. calms down everything you know doing it either late in the evening certain certain asanas late in the evening or in the morning also helped in difference this to open up the Can body you give us an example of an in terms asana? of a lot of back bending okay a lot of back bending using i mean I can show you some pictures. It's tough to do, you know, in terms of. <laughs> I thought you were about to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, the, you know, uh, hanging upside down with these ropes, which I carry, you know, so which really, you know, uh, the blood goes to your head and literally it, it actually calms everything down. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, I mean, if I just put the rope anywhere and I'm easily able to hang upside down without, uh, you know, but it is strange that. I'm not the most flexible guy out there, but I can do all these other things just because I've learned a lot and your body can actually do a lot more than what, uh, you know, somebody actually thinks yeah. it can do. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for now? Now it's been a uh, year and a half almost. year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, yeah. I'm glad you're feeling, I'm glad you're feeling great. No, I mean, thank you. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then just give us a little insight, of course, into your, I know you've had this coffee plantation for a long time. We've, we spoke yeah. about it a few years ago. That's right. Still waiting for my coffee, I think. I I'm think just I should I'm get just it <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, how is that going? And um, just, and you also have a couple other ventures. That yeah, so uh, coffee is something which, uh, you know, was there before my tennis been part of the family, of the family and family, yeah. yeah we've been growing coffee uh, in a place called Kurg which is south of India um, the biggest city next to Kurg is Bangalore where I live right now but my parents live in Kurg and we have a coffee plantation and everything and uh, you know so I've always enjoyed in terms of being in the plantation and seeing everything on how it works maybe not initially that much of a coffee lover in terms of drinking it but of course now over the years you don't like coffee no no, no i do right oh, now okay. but i'm saying initially when oh, i first started it, it i mean like okay. you know it was yeah. uh, it was not something but then obviously uh now i drink about three four cups a day yes, I think. Okay. yeah so yeah so i'm a big uh, you know coffee lover right now and then um, couple of my uh, you know friends had started this company where they were uh, you know coming out with their own artisan you know coffee and specialty coffees and when I spoke to them I said you know I would love to come up with my own blend and could you help me out uh, you know in uh, you know doing this and they were you know they said yeah absolutely they you know they were happy to have me on board so we got the beans from our estate 
and uh, you know did a lot of tasting and you know got the blend out and I gave it to a lot of players in terms of uh, you know the coffee and lo- uh, the feedback was fantastic yeah. I mean you know and uh, uh, you know they loved uh, you know quite a bit of it and apart from that I have a couple of burger ventures uh, you know uh, which is coming up and investing I'm in, investing in, okay. in, in uh, you know few food uh, ventures which I'm getting something a sense you're a foodie I am a foodie, of course. I think I, all tennis players are, right? I would yeah. guess, I mean, the amount we travel and, uh, you know, different restaurants. Yeah, but I thought, you know, you never know what, uh, you know, to have different kind of investments in everywhere in uh, in your field, I think, is important. Uh, because, like I said, you know, who knows this tennis, it, it could you could be playing for next five years or it could finish tomorrow. Right. You never know. I mean, yeah. you know, it's such a physical... Uh, you know game so but um, you know having said that luckily I've had great set of people to advise me and help me on that and uh, you know I think uh, so that's really been a a nice blessing to be uh, you know associated with so many wonderful people apart from the tennis world yeah and yesterday when we spoke briefly you talked about some bee, some bees to me because we were talking about honey yeah and bees yeah, so and you were trying to explain to me can you explain it a little bit what no, you're actually it's a, it's from Kurg itself you know in Kurg uh, not only coffee they uh, we have all bees so are many responsible different for making I mean we, we need bees to make coffee yeah so they they're specifically uh, where they the way they actually have controlling the bees to uh, come and you know, create the honey and, you know, specifically. And and because in Kurg, not only honey, it's black pepper is there. There's a lot of different spices. There's, it's all grown organically there. It's naturally awesome. grown. So, which is, it's very different compared to other cities in India. Mm-hmm. The closest neighbor is about three kilometers away okay. from each other. So, you know, there's only greenery in terms yeah. of, you know, so if you, I don't know if you have been to uh, India ever, Jill. I've always wanted to go. So, it's my yeah, favorite I mean, food, by the way, too. Oh, so there you go. So you should definitely <laughs> visit, uh, you know, know, soon. But you know, having said that, that's uh, another company which not only uh, is doing coffee but also is doing chocolates, spices, juices. So you know, so there are a few things. And that's in close the, to where you grew up. That's uh, yeah, uh, that's where, where exactly where I grew up exactly and everything. Where yeah. You grew up. Oh my God, it sounds amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a uh, definitely worth a visit. I mean, it's uh, like I said something different from India it's a hill station so the weather is always really nice and uh, especially if somebody wants to be part of the coffee season December January is a great time I'm to there. visit <laughs> yeah there you go and it's and it's a holiday from the tennis store too yeah <laughs> well that's awesome that you have so much going on yeah, that's, thank congratulations so with thank all that you. one last thing about tennis um, we talked about your longevity earlier on but as far as you know you've been working on your focus and focusing on yourself what specifically for your game in general what's been what's been the focus as far as improvements having to um, right now mix about serving and walling and serving and staying mm. back not really only doing you know the serving walling mm. because I accept the fact that I have become a little slower than you know a uh, few years ago but at the same time so I thought the best way is to adapt that situation uh, you know, and see what what really works and what does not work. And uh, it also started one of the reasons because my knees were bad. Okay. And now, now it's so much better. So I am obviously coming back. To, I love to serve and volley. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I prefer obviously doing that. And sometimes I do get caught myself that, uh, you know, I end up staying back and it's, not, it's yeah. the wrong kind of play. But it's just, uh, you know, I think 
So just adapting to who you're playing, on what the yes, I think that is that is something which is a constant, something I'm learning and you know growing with. Well, I think it's awesome that you have so much going on. I think it's very intelligent, <laughs> as we know, and I love that you're still looking to improve in all aspects of your life. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you for you know having me, and it was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, you know, hope to see you soon. Thank yes, you so much again. Yeah.